$215 million purchase in Burnaby tops BC's yeah. most expensive yeah. land deals well, in 2022. Most, you know, no, well, highest price. It wasn't most expensive. It wasn't expensive. Yes. We got a good deal. I, That's I why we this. did it. Yeah. I didn't write that, yeah. that story. No, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Journalists, see, they screwed that one up too, right? So, <laughs> they got sensationalized. If, yeah. if, if we look into the boardroom of Anthem, yeah. like, what are your priorities when it comes down to these different asset classes? Yeah. Yeah. What's our sort of, what's our strategy really? Yeah. So, you know, we have these three groups with all these business units I talked about earlier. So the objective is to feed each of them to the appropriate degree in the markets we're in. And uh, so that would be, that's a high rise site. It's a multi-phase high rise site to be, you know, eight, at least eight towers, maybe nine, if we can if an angle something multi-phase basis. So we really like that business in Vancouver uh, you know, the, the key to this, the housing issue in Vancouver is to have lots more housing in all different shapes and sizes, especially small ones. You know, we, we have a price point issue. It's not a price per square foot issue, um, you know, to buy any given units expensive. So for people to afford housing, they have to adjust their expectations. Right. You know, you're not, if you want a house, you have to create an economic solution for yourself that's going to allow you to buy a house. And most people don't have the ability to do that unless they get help from family. And a lot do. Mm-hmm. For those who don't, you go, okay, well, my reality is I'm going to have to aspire to own a condo, a two-bedroom condo. And um, unless I, you know, team up with somebody or, you know, you create a solution, you have to adjust your expectations of the housing solutions within your control. And then public policy and the development community have to work to provide all those solutions. So micro units are, right. would be a solution for single people, uh, one bedroom apartments for couples, uh, you know, or even, even, you know, studios, uh, large you enough to have micro unit style. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, that's, that word means different things to different people, but things right. like in many cities in Canada, anything less than 450 square feet is deemed not livable. I'm only five, seven. I'm quite comfortable in small spaces. I like them. Right. My office in my Vancouver is like eight feet, but square. I'm eight by nine, I think. 72 square feet. Um, all you need, you need that. You need that screen. You need your keyboard. I think to live, you need a chair. You need a table. <laughs> you know, if you need space, you need a coffee shop downstairs. You mm-hmm. need a street. You need a park. Right. right. So if you can, if you can adjust to your need for space by utilizing your entire environment, then living in small space that you pay for. Is, is, is much more manageable. So I'm not saying everyone should go live in little tiny apartments. I'm saying that should be one choice. So we should yeah. have a whole bunch of different housing choices. And I look at Calgary as an example of that. When we do these uh, suburban communities, um, you know, I think that that city together with the building community has figured something out going back 50 years. And today when we, you know, plan one of those communities, whether we want to or not, but we do want to, you have to build, uh, you have to build apartments, zone for apartments, like in the suburbs, right? Right, where you know density doesn't make as much sense. But I'll come back to that, and then you have to build, you know, uh, strata townhomes, and then row housing, and then fourplex, threeplex, duplex, and then skinny little houses on really narrow lot lines, and then slightly bigger. And the biggest house in Lockheed is twenty five hundred square feet. You start off with an apartment that might be 500 square feet mm-hmm. and you can work your way all the way up to that 2,500 square foot house with six or seven choices in between. Hmm. And you, you rinse and repeat and you do that again and again. So that's why you can buy a brand new house, small house in Calgary today 
for just over $500,000. Same house in Edmonton for, you know, with a four in front of it. And before COVID, when the interest rates came down, the prices were actually about 50 grand cheaper than that. Hmm. Right. So, so when you're that, so that's the other thing is you got to think about poor me. I can't afford a house in Toronto. Fine. Move to Calgary, mm-hmm. move to Edmonton, right. move to Winnipeg. Right. Houses are cheap there. And you go, Oh yeah, I don't want to live there. Okay. Then, then you better work your ass off to save enough money to buy a home in Toronto. Cause it's not a right. Just like this notion that we have a right to live anywhere we want and have, have, have a house sort of made available to us based on whatever choices we've made in our lives or choices we haven't made that were imposed mm-hmm. upon us. And that's unfortunate. But what do you do about that? If you sit back and wait for the government to create a bunch of rules to force developers to do something you'll never do, you'll be waiting a long time. Or mm-hmm. alternatively, you wait for the government to build that house for you, you'll be waiting an even longer time. Yes. Do you think that, um, okay, in uh, Alberta, you don't have rent control. Yeah. In BC, you do. Huge. In Ontario, you do. Yeah. Do we just get rid of it? Yeah. Rent control is, <laughs> is okay, if you're a, a socialist economist, or your Milton Friedman, you both know that rent control is stupid. Right. Right. You, you know that in the long run, it will, it will lead to no new rental stock. And in the very long run, it'll read, it will lead to a depletion of the rental stock. So right now, rent control in Vancouver is 2%. Rate of inflation was 10, 8, 7, 6, 5. Yeah. Where's going to end up? It's certainly more than two. Yeah. Property taxes, all the cities, this is lack of coordinated government, just have radically increased property taxes. Sorry, mm-hmm. we had to. We know it's not a good time, but we really need the money to pay for our communications officers <laughs> to make us look and we make stupid decisions. Oh, my God. Right? Like, you know, we've got lots of union workers who, you know, work from home, you know, and I'm not sure how much they're pro- how productive they are because try getting a building permit on a timely basis, but all of that. So I was losing my train of thought here. So <laughs> where were we? Rent control. Oh, rent control. Thank you. Yeah. So it was the work okay. from home. Yeah, it was the yeah. work from home thing. It keeps coming back, right? But my thing is my costs are going up and the costs created by government creates rent control are going yeah. up more than rent control. Yeah. So that means my NOI might go down. I think we're going to get through that this year, but, but it gives you an example of what that is. So, so I think in the long run, it's, it's not good. And I think that it will lead to like already you can't, you know, free market rent in Vancouver, I don't know, call it five bucks a foot. That's a lot of money. You know, there should be rent control. It is a lot of money. There shouldn't be rent control because we need to, that will allow a lot of projects to be economic. You create more supply. You'll, you'll hold it at the five bucks. But if you restrict it, what will happen is the rent controlled units will stay at five, growing at 2% a year, but the new stuff will come out at seven because there's a shortage right. and people are desperate. And so three people will buy will rent a one bedroom apartment. I'll live in the corner of the living room. Right. So, so in the, it, it just, it's, it's really good politically in the short term though. Somebody has got to put a stop to these evil landlords raising rents. Right. Yeah. No problems. I'll give you rent control. <laughs> yeah, right? And you get voted in. Right. And that's yeah. what happened in BC with the NDP. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but everyone knows where it leads. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fact. I mean, this has been tried and failed so many times in the past. Right. Right. Yeah. As opposed to just simply building more apartments, letting people make profit off yeah. of it. And- well, I mean the, the social answer to that would be, we know, but what we're going to do is governments can go build 50,000 housing units here right. and solve the problem. Yeah. Like, okay. So the NDP they when they got voted in 2017, said they build 114,000 housing units in 10 years. Okay. So they're six years into the 10 and they built like really about 2,500. Yeah. So how they can get from here in four years to 114,000. 
Well, they borrow things. They they actually say yeah. they're on track. Can you believe it? They're taking credit for all kinds of things that had nothing to do with them, has nothing to do with government. But anyway, I do I sound like I'm kind of anti-regulation? I am a bit. But yeah. We need government. I we need I, an orderly society. Most people right? in business are. We need a, but yeah, we, need no, a, we need a rational framework. Out, yeah. The best thing for housing would be government just got out of the way, frankly. Yeah. They, they're help, like, help, help mostly by getting out of the way, making things easier to, to build. Oh, yeah. We we've talked uh, about work. We've talked around work from home a little bit. Should yeah. We, should we jump in? Yeah. We should just get and, that out of the way. And, yeah. And perhaps right. how it, how it impacts the office market. Yeah. And yeah, that's of, the tail web. It, it, it's like there. I think there's there's humanity, community, and then the office market. Right. So you start with humanity. It's really bad. Right. People people are staying home if they have the choice because it's pleasant. You know, human beings without discipline will choose pleasant over meeting, mm. which leads to unhappiness, mm-hmm. right? Like, the, you, you think about it, it's really pleasant. When you first have me go, this is cool. Coffee, pajamas, sit down. I hate it. No commute. No, no. I'm talking about the pleasant side of it, right? Right. Turns on, it's quiet. Turn right. it on, you go. You got Netflix? Hi, George. Yeah, you got all the stuff going over here outside of the screen, right? And you go, but you know, but I, I did three meetings. You know, I deserve an hour off to watch this. Two episodes of I don't know some Netflix show I don't watch it, and <laughs> and uh, you know but but in, and it's and you go okay it's, you develop the habit of not commuting you develop the habit mm-hmm. of starting working your pajamas right again the habit of taking two or three one hour breaks during the course of your eight nine hour workday while you're working from home while you kid yourself you're working hard because you know you're going from meeting to meeting to meeting and for some people that's true but by and large if you look at most people. You can just look at the ski lineups on a Wednesday. You know, you look at the beach during the first lockdown. Right. You know, Kitts Beach with like the roads were empty, but Kitts Beach had thousands of people on yeah. it. On a Wednesday and a Tuesday and a Thursday. So, but anyway, my point isn't that people aren't working there, but it, it, their whole framework is adjusted to complacency. I call it boiled frog syndrome. You know, you get them a pot of water, you put the frog, and you turn the heat up. They can't feel the fact is their environment is getting negative and they don't know to get out. Right. And I think we've been wooed into this sense of complacency. So you look at the people who are really hanging on to it. Like the civil servants are striking for the right to work from home. Right. And, <laughs> and, you, and you have to show up they to were, the strike. They didn't yeah, show exactly. up for I over know. two and a half years. And then in the fall, they're told, you got to come at least one day a week. Oh, really? That's terrible. I don't want to go to work one day a week. You know, I want to, you know, so I'm picking on them just because it's so obvious yes. and they're on strike. They've got it on placards right now Could you, for the 50 people that aren't striking from mm-hmm. that's hilarious. See these picket lines are tiny because right. people are, they're, they're striking they're from home. They yeah, no. like they're too complacent to even strike for the right to work from home. Um, like, but you, I'm not saying it's because they're civil servants. I'm saying it's humanity. Loop okay. It, loop it back into the <laughs> office. Okay. So let me get in there. No, I think it's important because I think we're wrecking our, we're wrecking our society a little bit there. I agree. And then, okay. So now people aren't coming downtown as much in Toronto, Toronto, is a great city and you know, pre pandemic you would get run over at union station at, at like any, any time between four forty five and six thirty, you get run over. Right. Yeah. There was a Starbucks every 50 meters. Right. Now there's one and all of the, maybe two in all of the downtown core. It's dead quiet underground here. You know, I guess it's you're back up to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're, Monday, yeah, Friday. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, Friday. Not a lot of suits in the street walking there's, over There's this crickets, morning. but you know what? Yeah, I think everybody yeah. canceled their entire This was just post-leaf game, too. Everybody right? thought we were going to win. Yeah. Uh, okay. Look, <laughs> yeah. I've been here on Fridays when the Maple Leafs aren't, it's not even during the hockey season. Yeah. Right? And it's been pretty quiet. Yeah. So my point is, is what does that do to the vibe on the street? What does that do to, to young people wanting to buy a condo downtown for the first five years of their home ownership? 
strategy mm-hmm. where they live, work, play, and they create a, a really vital urban environment where mm-hmm. there's collaboration and innovation and, and, and kind of like people liking each other, yeah. right? Cause you're doing so many cool things together as opposed to stripping over drug addicts who were passed out in front of a door <laughs> because there's no one there to make them feel less comfortable because no one's going in and out of that door. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole other thing, the mental health issue and the double down on drugs. And yeah. so our urban fabric is being really negatively impacted. And I think that that costs us in the terms of ideation, like people just coming up with solutions. It's not just like, Oh, so what if the restaurant people can't make money? You know, they, they can, they can go on pads out in the suburbs and shopping centers. You just lose that closeness of people bumping into each other and exchanging yeah. ideas. Okay, so now let's talk about the office market. Of course, they're not in the office buildings because they're working from home. Right. And if they're coming in three days a week or four days a week, I'm a hawk, right? We're four days a week, you know? And I, I think that, you know, working from home a little bit for like, it's a busy time and you just need four hours to decompress to, to work without a bunch of noise. I get that. If you have a bad day, the commute's going to just wreck things. No problems. Yeah. It's not a habit of it. But anyway, you're not coming to the office, right? So- so you just do the math. You go, uh, how, how long will offices, you know, businesses keep an office for somebody who's only in three days out of seven? Mm-hmm. We used to do it for five days out of seven. Will you do it for four days? At what point do you start giving the space back? Well, clearly you're going to start giving space back. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I was talking to a bank uh, across the street on the corner, figure it out. Um, I, and I, I, think, I think they said they're going to get back 40,000 feet in the lease turnover, right? Because they just don't need wow. it. Right. And then, then all the back office people who arguably are more just as efficient working from home, the introverted back office people. Right. 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 Um, how many, how many square feet you can get back in the suburbs and those offices, those data processing places, mm-hmm. you know, our office in Calgary is government you know, on the first floor, you know, it's a bunch of bullpens, you know, it's not a great environment, you know, but it used to be teaming with people. Yeah. You walk by now, there's like not one person in there. Right. So what are they going to do? They'll start hot desking. I think hot desking sucks because you don't have, you guys kind of do in the brokerage industry, but mm-hmm. you know, you don't have a home. So yeah. you're going to go to the office we don't, we don't to that. borrow a corner in a bullpen. That you have to race to get the best one. You don't. So you get a shitty one. So you don't really want to come to the office because it's not pleasant. Yeah. There's nothing there for you. You know, it's just, it's just something you have to do because somebody told you to. So I think, it, I, I think this sort of, you know, humanity, urban environment, obviously it all intertwines to something kind of negative. But as a race, the office market, I think we're in for a world of hurt. And I think we're only starting to Not coming to see back it. anytime soon. No, no. Mm-hmm. Well, you think about it. We're going to grow. Economy's going to grow. So if everyone settles out as some coefficient of five days a week, so, you know, three, four days a week, pick a weighted average, 75% of, you know, three, three and a half days a week. Um, you're going to have to give up a day and a half worth of space. Right. right. Now I think some people like we've elected as our day a week. I still have an office for everybody. I'm not hot desking. If you come in from another city, there's a desk for you, but you know, that's, that's, that's that different. existed before. That's different. Yeah. Right. Cause I want people to feel comfortable coming in. Now those offices are tiny, <laughs> but it's theirs. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can yeah, put a, you can put a picture on the wall and right. you know, maybe, maybe that'll happen, but it's going to take, to take a while. Right. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's going to, it's going to take years. No, maybe, maybe not decades, but it's going to take years. It's going to take several years for sure. Like you know, five years. I don't, I don't know. I'm just happy that it's not my problem. It is in the broader <laughs> yeah. context, but yeah, I'm happy. I don't own a portfolio of like big office towers. Yeah. yeah I can so, see that being a problem. Yeah. yeah. No, but there'll be movement. There'll still be deals to do yeah. like leases to do. And you know, you know, like, like there will be an adjustment. It will, 
It's a free market, kind of. It'll clear. It's going to take time. Uh, do you have any questions? Well, I was just going to say, just on the same topic as office. Yeah. And again, Dama is very hot in this type of area. Office? No. Artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're talking about all the back yeah. office introverted guys, data processing. Yeah. Will all those jobs just evaporate? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways? Yeah. Yes. So yes, like, 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, AI is remarkable and awful all at the same time, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, the extent that it works and it it's 90% accurate 90% of the time. I'm making that up. It's something like that. Yeah. That's where it's dangerous. Because when you do things like drive a car, you got to mm-hmm. be kind of like right all the time. Yeah. You know, right? You can't be right most of the time because when you're wrong, you're going to kill someone, right? <laughs> and I think that AI is, yeah, it's going to it's going to create. Ultimately, they'll figure it out, but it's a long journey to get from ninety percent to perfection. And you know, there's no there's no real brain there. You know, it's it's, it's just, you know, it's, uh, so we'll see. And and then the second thing is to the extent that people become dependent on it, we stop thinking. And we were talking yeah. earlier about bad leadership. You can get AI to pick your prime minister. You know, like it's like you, you lose your ability. If you give up your ability to think, you're going to lose your independence. You're gonna lo- you will end up, it'd be like 1984 one day, or Brave New World. Aldous Huxley should read that. It's mm-hmm. very scary. Yeah, where, we, where we're just kind of, we, we get born, however that happens, and we live however we're instructed to live, and then we die, right? We would, the whole concept of self actualization, you know, uh, if we give up thinking, uh, will go away. And that, that's really bad. Yeah. But I think it's going to take a long time to get to that point. Yeah. Um, we've already stopped thinking a little bit. We talked about with social media, you know, we yeah. rely on just, you know, following our confirmation bias. Right. By the way, I like your view better than my view. My view is that it's going to take almost no time at all. And the iteration process for AI is so rapid that yeah. it, like, and when it starts self iterating, I think, yeah. we're, I think we're all <laughs> yeah. doomed. And, uh, but, <laughs> but well, well, but I, I mean, you're right. Yeah. I mean, the upside is that that if it works and it happens quickly and replaces us, it'll create so much wealth that uh, oh, yeah. that there will be enough that you can tax the people who own it uh, and give the money to the people who don't. Yeah. So they cannot work from home and you know watch Netflix all day, um, yeah. <laughs> me, all day, every day. Let me. Um, this is. This is silly, but I wrote this. Um, if I can find this thing. Okay, this is a little game called... Actually, this is more a game for you because you will know the answers here. A game um, for me. Is it Eric Carlson or Eric Carlson? Okay. <laughs> um, I was thinking about we should have done this with Bob Dylan, too. Of, uh, so sort of going, where are we going with this? <laughs> He's saying the Eric Carlson, so, your name, but then the other one with the K. Or, or the oh. hockey. Okay, so, so, yeah. so Garrett's going to guess. This is just a little game for our okay. audience too. Eric Carlson, okay, so. the, the great hockey player. Uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, a lot of Eric Carlson's in the world, just saying, yeah. especially in Sweden. He represented Sweden in international competition, winning a silver medal in the 2014 Olympics. Yeah, I assume it's with the K. Yeah. Okay. Um, he has led uh, his company to develop over 20,000 homes. Uh, more than yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think the hockey player okay. did that. Um, uh, he was born in May 31st, 1990. Clearly, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Clearly. Yeah. I mean, look at me. Yes, yeah. exactly. Started his company one year after birth. Yeah. I was hoping these could be like closer to, you know, you yeah. have to guess, but yeah. no, no. Um, uh, yeah. Um, okay. That was yeah. one. You know what? I actually wanted to get, before we wrap up, yeah. I wanted to get your reaction to something. Uh, we haven't done a reaction video, and excuse my uh, 
This, so, so this, what I wanted to show you is, uh, it's from another podcast where they're talking about, uh, they have a bunch of SpaceX guys on. They're talking about, so Elon Musk, uh, his company recently launched this Starship, yeah. uh, which apparently it's, it's something like decreases the cost of you know, getting space cargo into the air by like 100x or something like that. Now you can launch 100 metric tons into space for like 2 million bucks, something an insane achievement, even yeah. though I think the media painted it as a failure. It's like because it blew up. Uh, yeah, that, but, that, was that the one that blew up? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not yeah. really following. Yeah. Elon yeah. Musk is too difficult. So, so yeah. they're doing the, too much. Their objective yeah. was to um, just get off the ground and learn, and then keep iterating. So yeah. they considered it, everybody was high fiving. Um, but I wanted to just show you this clip. Uh, this is just like a yeah. one minute video, but I'm interested to hear your kind of thoughts on it. What other economies now emerge as this, this cost down of 50x happens? And what else do you think happens besides, you know, communications and Starlink? Obviously, there's, that's already a pretty scale business. What other markets can develop here in the near term? What other economies do you see happening? Yeah, I mean, look, Gavin's jumping here too. But the, the reality is once you can take that much mass to orbit, you can move anything around the planet very quickly. You can kind of go up, but the earth spin below you can come down. So transportation generally changes. You know, if you want to fly to, to Tokyo from New York City, it goes from being you know, a day trip to a matter of hours. It's extraordinary. Yeah, there will be no more trans-Pacific or transatlantic cargo flights. I think in five, six, seven, eight, ten years, you're going to need yeah. a big Starship fleet yeah. to accomplish that. So are those guys scientists or economists? Two, two of them. One of them's on the board at SpaceX. Yeah. Other guys, technology yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. um, where I was kind of going with that is if that were to be true, like five years from now, they're talking about space yeah. cargo. Imagine you could send yeah. something or receive yeah. something from China in two hours. Yeah, or yeah. sure. How do you think about an industrial logistics yeah. strategy? Like what would be the, yeah. the knock-on effects of something yeah. like that? Well, I think that you got to look at cost, right? So you said that this new rocket ship is like a, increase the cost 100x or yeah. whatever. Okay, let's assume that's just a ton of money. How much do you want to spend to ship uh, lobsters from, you know, New England to Vancouver. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you do it on a rocket ship? So it can do it in an hour or do you sort of fly it in four and a half hours? Rocket lobster. Yeah. Rocket lobster. Yeah. Hey, that's, <laughs> pretty, that, that's pretty good. But I mean, so I think it'll balance out. So for stuff that's really, I'll say stuff that's light, small and really valuable and urgent. Okay. That's a good solution. For, mm -hmm. That's a great solution for that. But like iron ore, Right. You know, to, to make it defy gravity, come back. Look at how much fuel gets burned to, to launch three guys to go up in outer space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, iron ore? No. Like, it just it doesn't, it probably doesn't make sense. So any of these solutions are amazing. And they become part of a matrix of other solutions. And depending on value creation and measuring all costs, including environmental, like, like, it'll balance itself out. So do I think this is going to revolutionize distribution? No, I don't. I think it's way too expensive. It's way too specialized. Um, I mean, if we found a way to defy gravity in little micro units of something mm -hmm. one day, like they did on Star Trek, you know, and you could yeah. beam me up. Okay, that, that's going to change things, right? right? But something like this, it's just to be very early prehistoric days of something like that. Yeah. I know I'm not, I'm not shaking in my boots. I'm not going to sell any warehouses soon. I'm not going to, 
No, it, and you know, it, and any it, of that stuff. In no. fact, if if it, even if yeah. it was true, it might lead to more. It might you might need more uh, access. You might need uh, you know closer store, more storage facilities closer to people's houses and a rocket pad. Might be. Yeah, you need yeah. more infrastructure to support that because you couldn't do it with yeah. one launch pad in Florida because mm-hmm. you got to get the stuff to Florida to launch it to then. Yeah, you'd have to have them all over the place. So that's why I think that the practicality of this, you gotta you gotta think about execution. Yeah, there's vision. You know, strategy, execution. And I think that that's, they got a long way to go. Like, not that I'm like, I love technology, but I think we have to be very realistic about what it can do and when it can do it. If you listen to scientists, you're screwed because they're so in a different place. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Like in, in the technology business, yeah. where do you lose money in research and development? Where do you make money? 50 years later on the fifth turnover of the company, mm-hmm. right? like where you can actually put it into play. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 yeah, I think it's great. I think it's interesting. But I also think about the amount of fuel on Earth that's here. You have to get to put in a rocket ship to be able to do all this stuff. Yeah. The amount of carbon that gets created when we're trying to move away from that. If you had all distribution done by rocket ships. Oh, my. Okay, I just don't know. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think using that rather than like for really like, you know, for special important people like our prime minister, when he has to really get to Paris in a hurry, if he could go on a rocket ship and land in Paris <laughs> in, in, in an hour instead of four hours, yeah. like maybe he'd do it because he didn't have to pay for it. Right? Oh yeah. He'd do it all but, day. But I mean, four yeah. hours, how much is your time worth? Like, you know, yeah. so, you know, you know, maybe, maybe there, you know, so. Okay. Yeah. okay. And I think, but it's, it's great. I think it's going to be used more for doing stuff in space. Yeah. And you said satellites, that- base stations. And industrial military complex, you right. know, like uh, yeah, small and urgent yeah. though. That's you said those those could find for distribution yeah. from a small, valuable yes. and urgent. Yeah, got to be incredibly valuable to justify the cost. Um, I got sorry. Well, you've been very gener- generous with your no, time. No, I know. Right? I will. I've, I've kind of enjoyed it. I've, I'm a, I'm actually really late for my next meeting, but we didn't really talk about the markets themselves. Yeah, right? let's. Did you want to do that, or you want to just? Yeah, no, 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 no. Let's. Yeah, we got well, caught up in the existential stuff. Um, I tend to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you want to do you want to talk about the markets as they are or or predictions? Yeah. So you just sort of like uh, yeah, predictions. We'll just talk about directions. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you know, like if we're talking mostly about there's there's no one market's the same. You know, you journalists and politicians talk about the Canadian housing market. There is no Canadian housing market. There's factors in Canada that impact individual markets like the markets in Toronto, mm. uh, the market in the, in the suburb of Toronto versus downtown and same in Vancouver. But you know, the three big cities are Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. I mean the metropolitan areas. Right. And uh, if you have to, if you look what's uh, behind everything right now, it's, it's our demographics, right? So we have baby boomers are aging out. That has an impact. We have like, was it four to 500,000 immigrants, hundred thousand students coming and going each year uh, you know, behaving, spending money, doing things that that's really what drives is driving all of our markets right now. Mm. And, uh, and you know, one thing happens in one market drives something that might happen in another market. So if you look at industrial in Vancouver, rents for districts based are about 25 bucks a foot, you know, up from eight fifty ten 10 years ago, right. Where they were between six, it took 20 years to go from six bucks to eight bucks. And it took like five years to go up to 25. Well, that's really expensive space. So that will drive industrial development in places where you never think it would happen before. Maybe you convert some old, you know, dead malls, maybe generally speaking, it's going to drive distribution space to Calgary. So it's cheaper to get stuff in a truck, send it to Calgary, store it there, and then send it back to Vancouver and other places from Calgary rather than from Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So 
So I think industrial in Vancouver is very strong and will always be strong because there's so much, there's just, there's such a supply demand kind of, I'd say it's balanced, but it's, it's, it's just like, it's full. Right. Right. So um, we got this, we talked about the housing shortage, you know, we always have this shortage of housing. And, and so I think that there will be government. We have a socialist government in BC. It's going to affect the housing market for sure. They're going to play. They're going to build their own units. They want to tell people what to do. They already are with rules. Um, cities will continue to, but we all generally acknowledge we've got to build more houses. So um, we're trying, uh, but I think that you can't, there's no bubble there. There's no artificial oversupply. There's no correction. Hmm. Land's not overpriced. You know, we're buying land in Vancouver now to build rental at less than 200 bucks a buildable. But those units have to be worth about a thousand bucks and just rough numbers. You know, if, if land dropped in value by 50%, which it won't, so a $20 million site becomes 10 million, that unit's now 900 bucks instead of a thousand. It doesn't really move the needle that much. So, you know, we tend to look at these expensive mansions on the west side of Vancouver as being the housing market. They're not, they're very isolated. If you look at the, like, like a basic housing unit cost, land isn't ridiculously expensive. What's ridiculously expensive, it just costs a lot of money to build homes. Right. Materials are expensive. Labor is expensive. That stuff's not going down in price, right? So you got a 0% vacancy rate effectively, whether it's on ownership or on rental, and almost all these housing forms. And you got, you know, 80,000 people moving to BC each year. Prices are, they need a place. They're going to pay more. They'll figure it out, right? Let's talk about um, picking this moment in time yeah. or late April. Sure. Um, now you look out six months from now, uh, industrial yeah. values, uh, higher or lower than today. We're talking about now you're talking how about how many months from now, six months, the Let's same, see. the same. Okay. Uh, retail. Well, there's different types of retail food anchored retail would be the same trending up. Okay. Uh, and then big malls, they're like, they're going away, right? Like, yeah. Agreed. You know, fashion exists, but it's going to exist in smaller chunks, you know, and, and I think that those types of properties will ultimately over time get redeveloped. So their value will adjust downward to allow that redevelopment to occur. Yeah, for land, yeah. Same with power centers. Right? Uh, residential land. Same trending up. Six months, that's six months, yeah. you know, a year from now up, but six months from now flat trending up. Office? Down. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going, it's, it's going to have to go down and adjust and, and but to be, to be optimistic, business will adjust and wherever we end up as a society on the work from home thing, you know, there, there will be people working in offices for sure. And we'll absorb the vacant space we have and they will be full again. It's just going to take time to take that hit and then let the growth make up for it. Right. Mm-hmm. And last and one, we, uh, yeah. just multifamily existing. Uh, rents will go up like, like, uh, they're going to go up by the mandated rent control amount at a minimum. Right. right? And, uh, I think that the 2% cap will go away cause it has to inflation will come down. So I think NOIs will slowly grow. And, and I think cap rates on multifamily right now, all cap rates have crept up probably a bit. Yeah. And then they'll kind of creep down again. They'll end up being a bit higher than they were, but not much. And, uh, uh, and so you take those two factors into consideration. I think multifamily is going to go up in value over time. It's mm-hmm. just it's kind of the only thing that will change six that. Six months from now, though. Yeah, well, six months from now, I think it'll be flat to up. You know? Okay. Yeah. 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 Everything that's growing is going to be flat to up. And then Damon, soundbite. Yeah. Jim Cramer. Bye, yeah. bye, 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 bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Well, I think where the buying <laughs> opportunity, there is buying opportunity today because there's a capital shortage and people will sell assets to get capital to solve a problem or redeploy yeah. or whatever. And so you'll start getting choice that you haven't had in a long time. Choice to buy sites that are actually that pencil instead of racing to buy sites that you hope will pencil when you finally get through the approval process. Yeah, three years. So I think now. it's going to get a little more rational. So that's the opportunity is uh, a more orderly market, right? I but, love it. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us. This yeah. Was a yeah. Long yeah. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry we didn't get too spe- as specific as we should have on some of the real estate topics, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to do that, but we got to get on with our day. So mm-hmm. that, that was great. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. Uh, we got some great sound bites for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank Good. you. Thank yeah. you. Great. Yeah.